Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hello. Hey, Graham. It's Devin. (laughs) This is my grandma. She lives in Placerville, which is in the foothills of the Sierras. Did you know that El Dorado County was one of the counties that PG&E was considering shutting off power this week? No, I didn't. But I haven't been listening to the TV or anything. Okay, and that's where you're getting your information? I'm getting information from you. <laughs> this time of year is when we've seen California's biggest wildfires. So PG&E started shutting power off this week to some Northern California counties. And there are several other counties that remain on PG&E's watch list, including Lake, Sonoma, and El Dorado. Well, today I'm gonna tell you everything you need to know about power shutoffs, okay? Okay, good. I'm Devin Kadiyama. And I'm Ann Morris. Welcome to the Bay. So on Monday night, PG&E shuts off power in three Northern California counties, Butte, Nevada, and Yuba. This is more than 20,000 people. Why did they do this? They want to make sure that they get out in front of the next fire. They do not want another fire being caused by PG&E equipment. Lily Jamali hosts the California Report. She's also been covering wildfires and PG&E for KQED. This is basically risk mitigation 101. How do we make sure that we reduce the risk of another fire like the Camp Fire or some of the ones in 2017 in the North Bay that were sparked by PG&E equipment? So this weekend, PG&E started getting the word out that they were going to start shutting the power off in vast swaths of their territory. Remember, they are the biggest utility in California. They have 16 million customers. And so they want to get at least 48 hours notice to their customers that this may come. And we saw at one point they they said that they might shut the power off to as many as 124,000 customers. They ended up scaling that back. So it ended up being about 24,000 customers that went without power Monday night into Tuesday. But they made it very clear that more shutoffs could be to come in the North Bay and other parts of the Sierra foothills. On Tuesday night, PG&E announced it would shut off power to some cities in the Sierra foothills and the North Bay. Seven counties are affected, including Napa and Sonoma. That's almost 50,000 more customers. PG&E says for planning purposes, people should prepare for multiple day outages. So how does PG&E decide where and when to shut down power? It's a combination of factors. So they look at things like the weather, they look at the temperatures, they look at how low is the humidity, how fast is the wind moving. They look at whether the National Weather Service has issued a red flag warning in a particular area. They're looking at these weather reports and combining them with what they see in the field. So once pg decides that it's going to shut down power in a specific area, how does the company alert people that they may be shutting down the power? 
So they try to give people about 48 hours notice, and they do that with every channel imaginable, whether it's email, text, getting people on the phone, um, if it's a medically vulnerable person and they haven't been able to make contact through one of those channels, they'll actually try to go to the person's house to make contact. And they've been pretty vigilant this last couple of months to try to get people's contact information to make sure they know how to reach you if you are on this list of people whose power is going to be shut down. I imagine people who are on that list or people who know that it's a possibility that their area may be shut down. Um, they're they're thinking about what they might do if that's mm-hmm. the case. How are people preparing for the power to be shut down? So I talked to Patty Savage, who lost her home in Paradise in last year's campfire. She now lives in Chico, and she told me that she has stocked up her freezer. I put more items into um, my freezer. I have a standalone freezer. I can pull from that to cook for several days as long as I don't open and close the freezer a lot. I've got outboard games, and I've got electric lanterns, well, battery-operated electrical lanterns, so we can see. How long does power stay shut down for in the areas that are affected? It depends. I mean, actually, one of the things I've been struck by over the last day is how fluid the information is. Um, They are constantly updating it, and I've been following them on Twitter. But imagine if you don't have a phone that's fully charged. Um, It's really hard to stay on top of what you know, what to do and where to go and whether the power is going to be shut off. Well, I was just thinking my grandma lives in El Dorado County, and I've been trying to reach her today and yesterday, and she's not answering. She's out and about probably. Mm -hmm. Oh, I keep myself busy. Yeah, I know that. (laughs) By the way, she just turned 90 years old, so happy birthday, Grandma. But for somebody like that who's not on Twitter, who doesn't get texts, who doesn't look at email, it's got to be pretty hard for them to get an updated information when things are moving so quickly and changing. You've been through a power shutoff before, right? Oh, yes. I I was, you know, just about, what, two months ago or something like that. And how did you find out they were going to shut off the power then? Um, We did get a phone call. Did you know how long they were thinking about turning off the power for? No, but they did tell you that it would be about 24 hours or more. So Patty Savage from Paradise, she said that she's glad that they're doing this because as somebody who lost her home in a fire, you know, in this devastating blaze, I think she has that what-if question. I wish they would have done it a year ago. Maybe I'd still have out. She's very understanding about the need to do this. It's not fun, but it's doable. But there is also a lot of angst because at the end of the day, we live in the sixth largest economy in the world. And when you really zoom out, you have to wonder, is this the best that a utility serving 16 million customers can do? That's essentially the answer that I got from a Butte County supervisor who I talked to yesterday, who is a uh, an engineer by training, and he is thinking, PG&E has got to get it together. There has to be a better way than this. Well, I imagine there's a lot of people who are really anxious and really upset when they either say they're going to turn off the power and don't or do, because that that upends a lot of lives, I would imagine. So are there a lot of people who are who don't want the power shut off? Yeah, I mean, this was a debate that played out a lot actually right after the campfire. There were people who said, I can't believe they didn't shut the power off. This is so obvious. And they said for three days that they were going to do it, and they didn't. How could they not have done that when they knew this was coming? 
I don't know if it would have saved the town from the fire. Um, but it might have. And, you know, we don't have that opportunity to have the hindsight. It's a very complicated thing. It's extremely inconvenient to people to have their power shut down. It's potentially very dangerous for the vulnerable to have their power shut down. But at the end of the day, we're talking about fires that are killing dozens and dozens of people. You mentioned that there is a certain amount of subjectivity to the decision to shut down power. Is pg and the only one making this call? pg and is the only entity making this call on its territory. And I think that that is very uncomfortable for a lot of residents because you'd think that a government agency would be making the decision or at least would be heavily involved right. in the determination. Yeah. They do oversee PG&E and they do oversee what needs to happen for a, what they call a de-energization. But they don't actually, the CPUC, which is the state utility regulator or other government agencies are not ultimately making this decision. I think it's easy to look at PG&E and question why they're the ones that gets to make the decision to shut off the power. Yet at the same time, I know that weather conditions and the decisions to shut down power have to happen really quickly, and you can't spend a lot of time thinking about it, so somebody's got to do it. Yeah, I think that that's a fair point, that you don't want to add more layers to this decision-making process because things can change quickly, weather forecasts can change on a dime, and so I think that that is certainly a consideration. So do we know if shutting down the power works? It's one of those weird, you can't know because the fire didn't happen. And so... It's preventative. It's preventative. It's basically impossible to know. You only know when you don't shut the power what can happen. So pg e isn't the first utility to shut down power. I know in San Diego, several years ago, they shut down power. And the practice was really pioneered in San Diego. They had this big fire in 2007 called the Witch Fire, which killed two people. More than a thousand homes burned. And I think that that was a catalyst for some reflection on how to stop these fires on that kind of scale from happening with this amount of frequency. If people are upset about PG&E shutting off the power, or if this is such a draconian measure to do, what else can be done? The real problem here is years of disorganization, of a lack of management over its infrastructure, of not knowing what parts of the infrastructure are these weak links. And when they do know, not immediately tending to those issues. Does it cost money to shut down the power? It does cost them money. Uh, They lose revenue off of lost electrical service that they would have otherwise been providing. But they also, you know, are investing in the manpower that's involved in carrying these shutdowns uh, out. They are, as we sit here on a Tuesday afternoon, they are patrolling a section of their system that is the equivalent distance from San Francisco to Kansas. So we're talking about helicopters and dozens and dozens of personnel that are inspecting these transmission and distribution lines to make sure that when they restore the power, that everything is safe and ready to be restored. PG&E is making its power shutoff decisions daily. For the most accurate updates, we're going to add a link to our episode notes to PG&E's website. You can also follow PG&E on Twitter. It's at PGE4Me. That's the number four. And we are at the Bay KQED. 
Lily Jamali hosts the California Report. You can hear the show live on weekday mornings on KQED, or you can subscribe to the California Report wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for the Bay. We'll talk to you Friday. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.